This is SymphonyCast from APM, American Public Media. I'm Steve Seal. We're back again this week at the largest classical music festival in the world, the BBC Proms. From July through September, music fans enjoy eight weeks of extraordinary music making, with concerts of orchestra, choral, and chamber music held chiefly at London's Royal Albert Hall. If you're a music lover who is new to classical music, the Proms is the perfect place to start exploring. In fact, the founder of the Proms, Sir Henry Wood, had just that in mind. He wanted this festival to be accessible to the masses. And to this day, it still holds true to that mission. And with that mission, established all those years ago, comes the central tone of the Proms Festival. Enjoyment, happiness, fun, even when serious or weighty music is being played, You can hear the excitement in the audience by their always enthusiastic responses of cheers and roaring applause. It's no wonder the Proms is known worldwide as the greatest celebration of classical music there is. One looked forward to every year by thousands of attendees and millions of radio and online listeners around the world, including you today. So what does prom mean in this context? Well, we're not talking about the dance that comes at the end of your senior year in high school, although both of those words do share the same origin, promenade, which for this English festival refers to the fact that the original concerts over a century ago were held outdoors. These days, the Royal Albert Hall is the venue, but the festive and casual spirit remains. This time, the BBC Philharmonic will be led by conductor Mark Wigglesworth, who will conduct the world premiere of a BBC Proms commission by British composer Grace Evangeline Mason. Then, celebrated English pianist Sir Stephen Huff takes the stage for the Piano Concerto No. 1 of Sergei Rachmaninoff, an early work by the renowned Russian written when he was still a teenager, containing echoes of Grieg and Tchaikovsky. And for the second half, we'll enjoy the epic grandeur of the Symphony No. 1 by Gustav Mahler. Our concert, as it happens, is also a celebration of sorts of England's Royal Northern College of Music, with Stephen Huff, composer Grace Evangeline Mason, and many of the orchestral musicians on stage being alumni of that institution. It's celebrating its 50th anniversary this year, so an extra festive dimension to the proceedings in this concert. So stay right where you are. We're just about to join the Promers and an audience of listeners around the world for some wonderful music making. Welcome to APM's SymphonyCast. Let's take our seats in the Royal Albert Hall and turn things over to our colleagues from the BBC. This is the world premiere of Ablaze the Moon by Grace Evangeline Mason.
Live from the BBC Proms on Radio 3, that was the first performance of Ablaze the Moon by Grace Evangeline Mason. And it's Mark Wigglesworth conducting the BBC Philharmonic this evening. From out of the wings and onto the stage, here comes Grace Evangeline Mason joining Mark Wigglesworth, coming to the front of the orchestra to take a bow. Well, it was reading poetry by Sarah Teasdale that led Mason to write Ablaze the Moon, in particular the poem Tonight. And in her programme note, Mason says that she wanted her music to match the image of the moon as a flower of gold hanging in a dark sky with deep punctuations suggesting the vast darkness. Woodwinds fall and spiral, momentarily accentuating the dark backdrop of the sky. Well, tonight's concert marks the 50th anniversary of the Royal Northern College of Music. Grace Evangeline was a recent student there, as was our next soloist, Sir Stephen Huff. And from a world premiere to a piece that was first heard at the proms in 1900, Rachmaninoff's first piano concerto. Well, that performance in 1900 would have been very different to the one we'll hear in a moment, because a few years later, Rachmaninoff pulled it from public performances and set about making a substantial revision. Although it eventually took him until after the First World War when he finally performed this version that he was happy with. Now, here's some fun trivia. The virtuoso pianist Gita Gradova was a teenage student in New York when that premiere took place, and she eventually became a close friend of Rachmaninoff. And there's an interesting connection between this concerto, Gradova, and Stephen Huff. Gita Gradova was a friend of Rachmaninoff. She was staying with him in Switzerland when he was writing the Paganini Rhapsody, and she spoke about every afternoon he'd come down, they'd be in the garden, and he'd say, I've written another variation, and they'd have strawberries in the garden. It's a wonderful anecdote. But I got to play this piece because in 1985, she was then at the end of her life, and she'd not really played in public for decades. She stopped playing, and she had a family, and she was living in a suburb of Chicago. Rachmaninoff used to go and stay with her when he was there and they'd get together. She was a very close friend of Horowitz too. Horowitz promised he'd play the piece, never did. She promised she'd play the piece and never did, except right at the end of her life, she felt guilty about this. So she was going to play it with the Chicago Symphony and she'd learn the piece. And the director of the Rivenia Festival got in touch with me and he said, now Gita's going to play this piece next summer. We're very excited, but she hasn't played in public for such a long time and she may actually not be able to do it in the end. Would you learn it and, as it were, stand in the wings in case she's not able to do it? Well, actually, she died during that year. So um, I got the phone call and I did get to play this piece for the first time indirectly to fulfill the wishes of Rachmaninoff. So it's always had a very special place in my heart for that reason. Tonight's soloist, Sir Stephen Huff. Well, he wrote recently about Rachmaninoff in The Times, a big article, and I really liked this quote that he said. Above all, Rachmaninoff has a unique selling point. He leads us to expect something, then he gives it to us. An inevitable sense of musical journey that becomes a source of deep emotional satisfaction. And here is Stephen Huff with conductor Mark Wigglesworth to play the three movements of Rachmaninoff's first piano concerto.
Sir Stephen Hoff was the soloist and Rachmaninoff's first piano concerto with Mark Wigglesworth conducting the BBC Philharmonic in London's Royal Albert Hall live from the BBC proms. Stephen Hoff immediately shaking the hand of the orchestra's leader Zoe Bayers. Stephen Osborne, sorry Stephen Hoff, not Stephen Osborne, although Stephen Osborne was another graduate of the Royal Northern College of Music, but Stephen Hoff is back at the piano. Time for an encore. the Royal Albert Hall, live on BBC Radio 3 at the Proms. That was the Melody and F by Anton Rubinstein, performed as an encore by Stephen Hoff. A youthful work by Sergei Rachmaninoff, his first piano concerto, played by pianist Stephen Hoff, earning Sir Stephen an encore from this happy crowd here at the Royal Albert Hall. And his choice, that lovely work by Anton Rubinstein. I'm Steve Seal. SymphonyCast is in London this week at the 2023 BBC Proms, one of the largest and longest-running classical music festivals in the world. 
and we'll return to our colleagues from the BBC in just a moment. You can hear this concert again from our website, but do it soon because you'll only have access to the Proms concerts for a few weeks. Just go to yourclassical.org slash symphonycast. And from our website, you can also like us on Facebook and download free music. That's yourclassical.org slash symphonycast. In a moment, the second half of our concert from the Royal Albert Hall, the BBC Philharmonic brings us Gustav Mahler's epic, revolutionary Symphony No. 1. That's coming up next on APM's Symphony Cast. Welcome back to APM's Symphony Cast. I'm Steve Seal. This week we're in London for the 2023 BBC Proms, the largest and longest running classical music festival in the world. Closing out our concert this week, the Symphony Number no. 1 by Gustav Mahler, a youthful work by the groundbreaking Austro Bohemian composer, but one that would pave the way for Mahler's symphonic career, one of massive works of sprawling length often calling for considerable instrumental forces, as we'll hear in this work. Now let's return to the Royal Albert Hall to join our friends at the BBC. So yes, if you have recently joined us, welcome to BBC Radio 3. Good to have you with us. I'm Tom McKinney coming to you live from the Royal Albert Hall, where conductor Mark Wigglesworth will be back with the BBC Philharmonic in just a moment, and they'll be ending tonight's concert with Mahler's First Symphony. Well, this evening we're marking the 50th anniversary of the Royal Northern College of Music. The BBC Philharmonic's always had close ties with the college. And if you were listening earlier, you'll have heard me make a vague reference to an intriguing link between this symphony and the Manchester music scene that led to the Royal Northern's formation. So, let me explain. Now, in 1888, Mahler was a junior conductor at the Opera House in Leipzig and fell in love with pianist Marion von Weber, who was part of the city's musical scene. Mahler later said that Marion's radiant and inspiring nature had given his life new meaning, and the whole symphony was composed within an intense period of six weeks. Mahler said that this eruption of creativity was so overwhelming it came gushing out like a mounting torrent. But another crucial bit of detail is that Mahler was also a very close friend of Marion's husband, Karl. Well, Marian, well, Mahler enthusiasts have always wanted to know more about Marion von Weber, and not too long ago her background was traced to Manchester. 
It turns out that she was born in 1856 as Marion Schwaber, and before moving to Leipzig, she grew up just down the road from the Royal Northern College of Music at 313 Oxford Road, right in the centre of what's now Manchester's student district. Marion's uncle was involved in bringing Chopin to Manchester in 1848, and the family were also friends with Charles Halley, who founded the Royal Manchester College of Music, which a century later became the Royal Northern. With Mahler's impetuous, almost immature behaviour being key to the origins of his first symphony, it's a work often characterised as being full of youthful vibrancy and optimism. But what does Mark Wigglesworth think about that? It is youthful. Unlike a lot of the Mahler symphonies, it's actually not as autobiographical. And I love it for that reason. It's kind of got a universality to it. The sort of emotional journey that we all feel can be relevant to us. The youthfulness is... I mean, it's a bit naive, but I mean naive in a lovely way. There's a sort of freedom of that, and there's um, an engagement in sorrow and in joy that are both somehow the same thing when you're young. It's just an emotional expression, and the line between happiness and sadness is quite fine. With naivety, do you think that there's a kind of compositional naivety in the sense that he packs so much into four movements. Does that make it difficult for you to navigate as a conductor? He called it initially a symphonic poem, and I think that's significant. It's not a standard four-movement symphony. There is something more poetic about the form, particularly in the last movement, where there is a lot of space to dream and there's time to think. The challenge is for conductor to make sure you linger the right amount and without losing a sense of direction, but at the same time honouring the idea that Mahler wanted time to stop quite often. That was conductor Mark Wigglesworth. Well, as we've been saying all night, this concert celebrates 50 years since the Royal Northern College of Music opened. Conductor Mark Wigglesworth, although not a student at the college, he was a student at Manchester University, and some of his earliest conducting experiences were with RNCM students, now members of the BBC Philharmonic. In fact, Mark told me earlier that he distinctly remembers conducting a concert in 1985 in an orchestra that he put together himself which featured the harpist you're about to hear, the BBC Philharmonic's principal harp, Clifford Lantaff. Well, here comes Mark Wigglesworth making his way to the front of the BBC Philharmonic led by Zoe Bayers here in the Royal Albert Hall. This is the first symphony by Mahler.
most incredible eruption of sound from the orchestra, then matched by the audience here in the Royal Albert Hall. An epic tale of the sounds of nature and the joys and sorrows of youth in Mahler's first symphony. And ending tonight's concert from the BBC proms, it was Mark Wigglesworth conducting the BBC Philharmonic. And there's a really interesting, if slightly odd, quote from Mahler describing a woodcutting which partly inspired the third movement and its minor key version of Frere Jacques. He said that animals of the forest accompany the coffin of the dead hunter to its tomb. Rabbits carry the flag, preceded by a band of village musicians from Bohemia, accompanied by cats, toads and crows playing on instruments to express the moods of jesting irony and of eerie brooding. Mark Wigglesworth back at the front of the stage, all of the orchestra up on their feet, and as I said, tonight's prom has been a celebration of 50 years since the Royal Northern College of Music opened. Calculated earlier that 54 players here tonight either studied there or teach there now. We've also got current students in the orchestra, and what an orchestra it is. It is absolutely huge. 70 string players on the stage of the Royal Albert Hall. And at the front of the ten double bases is Principal Ronan Dunn. It was Ronan who opened the third movement with that sinister minor key Frere Jacques. Shortly after, you heard those mournful trumpet parts played with so much character by Tom Fountain and Gary Farr. But if there aren't enough players on stage to make that extraordinary huge sound, then Mahler at the end asks the horn section to stand so they can project over the rest of the orchestra, you know, just to get that volume turned up to 11. Mark Wigglesworth now picking out sections and principles. Cheers now for the percussion section. There are the horns, eight of them tonight, headed up by principal Ben Hume. An especially enthusiastic crowd at the Royal Albert Hall absolutely loving this performance of Mahler's First Symphony and making that known. I'm Steve Seal, and that's going to conclude this week's concert from the BBC Proms Festival, but we'll be back for more next time and all summer long as this beloved annual festival continues in London. You can indeed enjoy this performance again at our website, but Proms concerts are available there only for a few short weeks. This concert featured a world premiere by British composer Grace Evangeline Mason, Sir Stephen Huff playing Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto No. 1, and the Symphony No. 1 by Gustav Mahler. To hear it again, head to yourclassical.org slash symphonycast. And while on our website, you can also like us on Facebook and download free music. In the remaining time, we have one more performance featuring Stephen Huff. Here he is performing with the Finnish Radio Symphony Orchestra, led by Hanu Lintu, Beethoven's Piata Concerto No. 1 on SymphonyCast.
First piano concerto by Ludwig van Beethoven. That performance featured Stephen Huff, backed by the Finnish Radio Symphony Orchestra, here on Symphony Cast. This week's Symphony Cast from the BBC Proms featured the world premiere of a BBC Proms commission by English composer Grace Evangeline Mason. The Rachmaninoff Piano Concerto Number no. One, played by Stephen Huff, and the Symphony Number no. One by Gustav Mahler. You can listen to this concert again from our website, the SymphonyCast page at yourclassical.org. And while on the website, you can like us on Facebook and download free music. All of it is at yourclassical.org. APM's SymphonyCast is produced by Daniel Nass with technical director Michael Osborne and assistance from Tania Major. I'm Steve Seal. We'll see you again next time on SymphonyCast.
This is APM, American Public Media, sharing the power of classical music.